Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. This episode of The Sheridan Tapes was made possible by our backers on Scene Spark. Angelina, Pip Walker, Catherine Gekastibi, and Katie Blank. If you'd like to support the show as well, please go to patreon.com slash homesteadcorner. For as little as $5 a month, you get early access to ad-free versions of episodes, a special weekly behind-the-scenes podcast, and patron-only AMA live streams. Before we get started, this episode contains loud noises, supernatural disturbances aboard a commercial airliner, mentions of disappearances and memory loss, Dread and Terror. Content warnings and a full transcript are available in the show notes. (sighs) Go to sleep, Anna. I would if I could. You got any duct tape? You told her to leave all that at home. (sighs) Not the zip ties, too. You specifically warned me that the border agents would turn us away if we looked like a couple of nerd mouths. <laughs> oh, I'm waking up. Good. I have to use the bathroom. Let me squeeze by. Oh, you shall not pass. <laughs> nerd. Just wanted to let those of you still awake know that we're experiencing a bit of light turbulence and the captain has illuminated the fasten your seatbelt sign. Please return to your seats until the air clears up a bit. Thank you. <sighs> Come on. What is that? Can't see anything out the windows. Maybe I could... is All right. <clears throat> the plane is empty now. Mostly. Maria's still here, but besides that, the noise is gone. The people are gone. Is the pilot still here? <gasps>
wake up. Wake up! Miss? Miss? Are you alright? We're experiencing some turbulence, so I'm gonna have to ask you to return to your seat for your own safety. Oh, I'm... I'm so sorry. Was that you, Anna? Are you okay? Uh, I'm... Yeah, I'm... I'm okay now, I think. Probably just need some sleep. I think that's a good idea. Did you see it? See what? The, the plane. One minute it was full, the next it was empty. All that noise, that loud... It was empty except for you and me, but it looked like you were still sleeping. Did you see that? I think you need to get some sleep, Anna. Yeah. You're probably right. Frigid Lake Superior, a fabricated creature birthed from the mind of a disturbed genius stalks the very people who created it. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling author Scott Sigler is a classic tale of science gone horribly wrong. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Not at all. It's Saturday night, and Andrew's asleep early, so you know what that means. We raided the kitchen fridge, and we found a few abandoned beers from Thanksgiving. <laughs> abandoned for good reason. Oh, yeah, they're just awful. <laughs> Mind if I join you for a bit? I'm afraid the beer is gone. Don't worry about it. I just can't sleep. White Sands, what's... It was just a lot. <sighs> no kidding. I really just came in here to, to sit. And... Oh, okay, fine. I, I also wanted to listen to... Well, I, I thought I'd be alone, so now it just feels silly. Oh, what does? It's this gift I made for Anna. Kind of an audio journal from our trip to New Zealand a few years ago. New Zealand? Oh, Peter does a great Kiwi accent. Oh, yeah, no, it's a pretty average <laughs> oh. oh, And he loves to show it off at every opportunity. He's obsessed with New Zealand cinema and writing. I didn't know Anna went there. Yes, you did. It, it was right after Andrew was born, remember? April 2015? Oh, that's why I don't remember it. Anyway, this was right after her last book came out. Anthony convinced Poultice to pay for a tour to Australia and New Zealand, mostly around Wellington. Still don't know how he managed to pull that off. Would it be... 
wouldn't be weird to play it in front of you. What is? Oh, please, I'd love to hear it. Oh, come on, bro. Giz a hoon. <laughs> All right, hold your horses. Maria, the exit's this way. I found the golem statue, Anna! Great for you. He's so beautiful. Maria, wait. My precious. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Come on, come on, picture time. All right, hold on. Let me find my camera. Oh no, how long have you been? I have to say, I think Wellington might just be my new favorite city. We're on the... Maria, come back. We're on the writer's walk. The city put all these hidden bits of poetry everywhere along the waterfront. All these lines of writing immortalized in stone. I'm in heaven. Maria, look at this one. And now, as I grow in years, I feel at times like an old violin played on by a master hand. You dear city are the maestro drawing the bow over the sensibilities of my mind, echoing the music of my days. I love this city, the hills, the harbor, the wind that blasts through it. I love the life and pulse and activity and the warm decrepitude. There's always an edge here that one must walk which is sharp and precarious, requiring vigilance. I live at the edge of the universe, like everybody else. I hope the recorder's picking that up. I can hear that noise again. The one on the plane. I knew I wasn't just imagining things. Why is no one else out here? I know they can hear that sound. I just checked the tape. like it's coming from the other side of town. Somewhere high up. I need to find out what's causing it. I'll need a guide. Hello? Hi, Amy Louise Chin. This is Anna. Do you know anything about the weird rumbling noises in the sky? Anna? Sheridan? Oh, yeah, it's me. Someone at the radio station gave me your number. Is this a bad time? Uh, 6.17. Sorry, I'm still on Pacific time. We just flew in last night. Actually, I had a different idea. Could I play you a tape? What? Uh, yeah. Go ahead. It's from just outside my hotel. I heard it on the plane over, too. It sounded like... Well, just let me play it. It sounded like it was coming from the sky. Somewhere high up, at least. 
It is. I wanted to do a bit of digging around, see if I can work out what it is, where it's coming from. I thought it would help to have someone who knows the city. You want to come with? I... I've got work. This is work. You were already going to interview me today, so let's do that, you know, just in the field. Come on, it'll be fun. Plus, I'm not really great at the whole 20 questions thing. I'll have to ask my boss. But you'll ask. I'll see. Great. Could you meet me at 8? There's a little coffee shop next to the hotel that would be perfect. You're gonna have to be a bit more specific than that. I think it's called... Mojo? Which? Oh, never mind. I'll text you. But you know the interview would have taken, like, half an hour. Don't you have better things to do than investigate strange sounds all day? Not really. My, uh, my assistant's taking a day trip. Okay, if you're in the nine o'clock group, follow me on the bus. Single file, please. And so, it came to pass that Maria, daughter of Gabriela Londoño Rodriguez and Alejandro Valero Sol, set out on a grand journey. A quest that would lead her over marsh and forest, plain and river, to that green jewel at the heart of the Shire. Ticket, please. Oh, right. One sec, it's in my bag. There. One ticket to Hobbiton. Cheers. I don't care what you get up to today, Anna. There's no way you're having as much fun as me. To turn around, the noise stopped. And then the flight attendant tapped me on the shoulder, and everyone was right back to where they should be. I heard a clarion calling, burning paper falling. From a low-flying airplane and around me was white, white skies and white mountains with cold bones about them. My soul, oh my soul, I await endless night. Where's that from? I don't know. It must have been from the writer's walk. (laughs) That's a little dark for the writer's walk. (laughs) I probably just dreamed it. Sorry, but is it okay if I just record all this? I don't want to miss anything important. Knock yourself out. I'm usually the one recording everything. Oh, is that part of your writing process? Dictating your drafts aloud? I'd heard that since your accident... Could we not do that now? Do what? Could we not do the whole formal interview thing just yet? You said you had an idea for where we could look into that sound? Takeaway latte, uh, takeaway flat white. Thanks. I don't know, I just thought... You said it came from the sky, right? from somewhere high up. So I figured we could walk up to Yahumairangi Lookout. It's not far from here and you get a good view of the whole city. You keen for a bit of a hike? Do you even need to ask? (sighs) Hold on. I think we just missed the turn off. Uh, Yep, there's a little path this way. Uh, We can cut through to the lookout. This place is stunning. Pretty nice, eh? Feels like we're in the wilderness, even though the city's just a few metres down the hill. (laughs) Oh, watch your step. Big rock there. Thanks for the tip. (laughs) So, (laughs) you're a big hiker? I think best when I'm moving. Hiking or driving, either one. Must be a good way to conquer writer's block, right? There was a little creek near the house I grew up in. I used to go down there when I was a kid, just walk by the creek and make up stories. 
Once I got so distracted, I ended up following it all the way to the river, a whole town over. Mom was pissed for a week, even though Dad was the one who came and got me. Was that in Iowa then? You're doing it again. Doing what? Interviewing. Oh, here we are. There's the clearing. Ta-da! Welcome to Pornicky. You weren't kidding about the view. I can't hear that sound, just the wind. Well, it is the windiest city in the world. I thought that was Chicago. Common misconception. It depends on how you measure it, but I think if you're going- Wait, do you hear that? What? There it is. It's the same sound. Listen. I can't hear anything. Are you sure it's not just the wind? No, no. It's too deep. Almost like a whale song. Or like the hinges on a giant door opening. Huh. I can hear it now. You can? I think so. It's fading away. I honestly didn't think you'd be able to hear it. It was weird. It was like when you spoke about it, I could suddenly pick it out of the wind noise. You look surprised. People don't always sense the same things I do. What do you mean? Are there often things that you can sense that other people can't? I write horror. What does that mean? I notice things other people don't want to. You mean some people see the good in everything and you see the horror in everything? Yeah. Okay, so we both heard the sound. That still doesn't give us much to go on. I mean, you were definitely right about it coming from the sky. But it just starts and stops at random with no clear cause. <sighs> Not unless it's some kind of invisible plane or UFO. Or a very strange bird. Come on. Let's head back to the studio and... Amy? Where did she... What the fuck? Amy? 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 Oh, oh God. Oh, fuck. So how about we head back to the studio and do the interview there? Are you all good? <gasps> Amy, thank God. What's going on? You look like you saw a ghost. You just disappeared. What? No, I didn't. Yes, you did. For a couple seconds. I was literally just talking to you before you started freaking no, out. No, you were... <laughs> Never mind. You're back now. Let's head back down to the studio. One missing Amy's enough. Guess that's why my horoscope told me to stay present this morning. <laughs> How much do you know about astrology? supposed to be the local guide, and I didn't even know this place existed. Rose Quartz. The love crystal. Nurturing, comforting, dissipates anger. Cute. Where the hell did you find this place? Walked past it this morning. They've got a copy of Below the Silent Deep in the window. Right, of course. Some people say your novels have a cult following. Do you think it's more difficult to be taken seriously as an author when working entirely in genre fiction? Great interview question. Very encouraging. 
Here, take a look at this. The star stuff within us. Does it say anything about weird sky noises? All matter, everything around us, is just vibrating atoms, right? The carbon that makes up our bodies is the same as the carbon that makes up the atmosphere on Venus, all just radiating out from the Big Bang. Our entire universe is made of the same tiny atomic structures combining and recombining endlessly across time. So that's why we Geminis are all indecisive? I'm thinking more like planets sending out waves of energy rippling back to us. Read this part. Neptune is the psychic planet, ruler of ideals, compassion, intuition, and the spirit. It is the domain of delusions and dreams. So you think the sound is coming from Neptune? It's a theory, at least. It kind of reminds me of the whole music of the spheres thing, like back in medieval times. Oh yeah? They used to think that the movement of the planets created this beautiful, ethereal music. It comes up in Shakespeare and other stuff from back then and earlier. Now that I think about it, it's kind of a strange idea. Like, these ancient astronomers discovered that other planets existed, and they jumped straight to, ah, they must make a lovely humming noise. Maybe they heard the same thing we did. Is it okay if I just ask you, like, three questions about the book? (laughs) You just don't quit, do you? I'm sorry, it's just... I'm kind of nervous. What? Because of me? This is sort of my first interview. Like, my first proper interview for Arts on Saturday. I did interviews at uni, but, you know, normally they just put me on fact-checking and writing up stuff for the bulletin. Huh. Well, is it everything you expected it would be? (laughs) Not at all. (sighs) Okay. Let's do the interview. In the studio? In the studio. Sitting down, the whole shebang. This Neptune thing's a dead end anyways. Even if that's where the sound came from, I don't see how it could make people disappear. Or how we could stop it even if it was. Amazing. Thanks, Anna. I'll grab us a taxi and we can head over. Hold on a second. Greetings, fair maiden from the Green Dragon. Sound like you've had a few. They give you a free pint with a tour. Shh. Having fun? <laughs> Are you kidding? This is the time of my life. <laughs> How was the interview? Oh, yeah. Haven't quite gotten to that yet. Anna? I know, I know. It's a press tour. Still, it's only three o'clock. Shit. Did you forget to eat again? Well... And so everyone thinks she's crazy, right? And they're telling Jody, ma'am, you never had a daughter when you boarded the plane, it was just you. And obviously she doesn't believe them, but they slowly start to convince her, like her daughter didn't disappear, she's just crazy. Okay. And then just as Jodie Foster is fully convinced that she just hallucinated her daughter completely, she sees this little smiley face her daughter drew in condensation at the start of the flight, and she's like, oh my God, I'm not crazy. And it turns out she didn't disappear. It was just like a really elaborate gaslighting kidnapper scheme. So... Not like what I saw on the plane at all, then. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good movie, though. Could have been some kind of foghorn. Too loud and too deep. How would I have been able to hear it from the plane? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, 
There are ways to make it look like someone disappeared, military technology with nano cameras and such, but I mean, you think I disappeared and I definitely wasn't wearing a camera suit. You did disappear. I saw it with my own... Unless it's just my mind playing tricks on me. I did take a lot of sleeping pills on that flight. But I heard the sound too. Are you finished with your tips? What? Oh, sure. Because I, um, kind of need to get this interview on tape by five so I can edit tomorrow before it goes to air. Wait, I think I found something. Have you ever heard of a skyquake? Like an earthquake in the sky? Exactly. Wow, it looks like they happen all over the place. Indonesia, Mexico, Finland. A mysterious and unexplained phenomenon first recorded in 1824 in which a loud, booming sound is said to originate from the sky. Other names include Seneca guns, bombs de mer, cries from Does the sea... Does it say anything about people vanishing? Not that I can see. It doesn't seem like it did you any harm, though. Disappearing for a moment, I mean. I don't even remember it happening. Neither did anyone else on the plane. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe we should just leave it. Yeah. Like you said, it doesn't seem like anyone's really in danger from whatever this is. Hey, maybe I just slipped into the next universe over for a second. No harm done. Because you came back. Not everyone dies. Anna, are you okay? I knew a girl who disappeared. Just vanished. Completely. Like she never existed. Maybe into another dimension, or maybe just gone. She isn't in any photos, didn't leave any belongings behind. There's barely any evidence she existed at all. Just my memories, and even those are starting to fade. Her name was Amy, too. You think I'm making it up? No. I believe you. I've seen her in my dreams, you know. Her other people. My father. What do you mean? Like, you know when you turn the TV off and there's an after image left on the screen? Old CRTs, not... Anyway, it's like that, only before, not after. I used to think the unknown was the only thing worth fearing. And now? Right. What time is it? Uh, just about four. And you need the interview done by five, right? I think we can manage that. You still have questions for me? Kia ora and welcome to Arts on Saturday. I'm Amy Louise Chen, filling in for Rebecca Mihaire, and today I've got a fantastic program lined up for you, starting with my interview with renowned American horror novelist Anna Sheridan, whose book Below the Silent Deep is in stores now. Anna, thank you so much for being here today. Wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I mean, my horoscope did tell me to stay present today. (laughs) I want to start with a question about Below the Silent Deep. There's a central question that kind of drives the book as a whole. What would you do to save yourself? Is that a question you find yourself answering often? Well, I just like to build all of my novels around a philosophical or moral question as a rule. Something I don't have a simple answer to myself. (laughs) Gives me enough to chew on for 80,000 words. Plus, it's a good way to come up with characters. You can think of each character in BTSD as a different answer to that question. 
all contradicting each other and creating thematic tension in the narrative. Captain Barrett brings up. Wow. Maria, that was... Brilliant. Eerie. I, I felt like I could see all of it happening. This is what you do for a living? A bit. Mostly video work, but there is something special about audio editing. I can't believe Anna actually let her guard down like that. On tape, no less. I never got to see that side of her. Don't take it too personally. She wasn't ever all that forthcoming with her feelings, even around me, or about the things she saw or heard. I don't know how Amy was able to connect with her like that. She hated doing interviews. The fact that she sat down with a junior reporter out of nowhere. <laughs> well, well, that definitely had Anthony scratching his head. But, well, you can hear it. Amy had a way of getting through to her. I've heard some of the work she's done since, and it's it's good. She sure knew her stuff. Thank you for sharing this with us, Maria. It was nice to hear Anna's voice again. The real Anna. I know what you mean. Wanna get to bed? Lead the way. <laughs> good night, Maria. <laughs> night. Wait. The Sheridan Tapes, Episode 60, A Clarion Calling. Starring Erin Neely Chaconis as Anna Sheridan, Amitola Lummis as Maria Soul, Catherine Gavigan Binney as the flight attendant, James Kane as Peter Slate, Virginia Spots as Kate Sheridan, Drew MacArthur as the tour guide, Cassandra Teese as Amy Louise Chen, and Maxwell Absa as the barista. The original music by Jesse Hogan. Written by Virginia Spots and Cassandra Teese, based on story and characters from Apocalypse Songs from Red Scare Theatre Company. Directed by James Kane and produced by Virginia Spots, with dialogue editing and sound design by Trevor Van Winkle. Visit thesheridantapes.com to view additional 
content, rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice, and connect with us on Twitter at Sheridan Tapes and on Instagram at The Sheridan Tapes. I'm Trevor Van Winkle, this is Homestead on the Corner, and you're listening to The Sheridan Tapes. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.